The Hammer, Chapter 28 Corvin's knees shook. The monster's intense gaze penetrated his mind, pulling him forward. He took a step closer to the edge, then another. George's hand came down over his face, blocking the sight of the smoldering orbs. Do not look into its eyes if you do not want to die. Blinking, Corvin backed away from the edge. His breath came in ragged gasps. What is that thing? We do not know. It was brought here before the Watchers came to power. He looked across the pit. Lights are headed this way. We need to find the healer's dwelling. This time, Jord took the lead. As they skirted the edge of the karst, Corvin was certain his every movement was being followed. He wanted to look back, but he forced himself to focus on Kate's face. She looked more at peace now, her hands clasped tightly around the medallion. But she lay too still for him to believe she was just resting. Was this the deep sleep Tsarek had warned would come before she died? Jord guided them past an area where a section of the ceiling had collapsed onto the entrances of the cliff dwellings below. The few visible doorways were almost covered in rubble. High overhead, Corvin could see the amber glow of a patch of core shield. They walked on through a forest of boulders into the far corner of the cavern, where a few doorways remained intact. George stopped. He appeared uncertain of where to go. Softly, the priest whistled a stanza from the song Corvin's father used to sing. A lump rose in Corvin's throat as his thoughts turned to home. With the core shield so close, there must be another portal nearby. Madame Torig said the healer's husband knew about the outer passages. He must know of some way to get back to the castle rock. A quiet voice called to them from a dark doorway. Jord pulled a litter up a broken stair and into a small entry room. He whispered urgently to a hunched form who beckoned for them to follow. Pushing past the thick curtain, Jord pulled him into another darkened room. A light flared and a thin, twisted fire stick was inserted into a holder on the wall. The feeble light revealed a woman so bent with age that she had to twist her head sideways and peer up at him through a swatch of thin white hair. Her skin hung on her body in wrinkled folds. She looked like she was living on the edge of death, but her eyes shone with vitality. I do apologize for the lack of light. The palace has forbidden the use of fire sticks unless they are only twigs smaller than a person's thumb. She held up her right hand. Only four fingers remained. They make sure you do not forget. Nodded to the other side of the room. Put her down and let me have a look at her. Jord and Corvin lowered Kate onto a short stone table that had been carved out of the cave wall. The old woman ran her gnarled fingers over the still body, clucking and muttering. When she came to Kate's hands, she gently caressed the ugly red welts from the black band. Ah, the young, so easily tempted by empty promises. She lifted Kate's hands, held them in her own, and pried them apart to pluck out the medallion. She held it close to her eyes, the green glow lighting up her wrinkled face. So you have finally been found, have you? Kate moved restlessly, her hands grasping at the air. The old woman twisted her body around and looked up at Corvin. It would be better if I had the counterpart to this. Corvin glanced at Jord, who gave a quick nod. He slipped the hammer from the holster and held it out to her. The old woman took it from him as if it were made of glass, then hugged it to her chest. The strong blue light flowed over her face, swirling together with the green from the medallion and turning pure white. She breathed in the light and straightened up. Her eyes came level with Corvin's, a huge smile across her face. Only our core Van could have had these in his possession. With your return, I have hope for our people once more. Before Corvin could say a word, 
She bent to Kate and held the hammer and the medallion on either side of the girl's head. A jolt of white light arced around the pale face. Kate's arms and legs stiffened and her body convulsed. Stop! You're hurting her! Corvin leaped forward, but George pulled him back. Kate's eyes flew open, her hands pushing the light away. The old woman allowed Kate's hands to wrap around her own. The lightning ceased. The woman released the medallion into Kate's grasping fingers and sat on the edge of the table. Kate's eyes opened, searched the room, and focused on Corvin. She smiled thinly. I want to go home, Corvin. I'm sorry I took... Her eyes closed, and she slept. The old woman stood to face him. So it is true. The Corvan has finally come to us. He shook his head. I'm not your Corvan. It's just a name my grandfather gave me. I can't stay here. I have to take her home. The old woman looked at him long and hard before she held the hammer out and released its dead weight into his hand. The blue glow faded as she let out a deep sigh and sank back like a deflated balloon. She turned to cover Kate with a coarse blanket from the basket at the foot of the table. You are correct that you must take this girl back. Her mind is now purged of the darkness she allowed to grow there. But she will not survive if she does not return to her own light. She does not belong here. She twisted to look at Corvin. But that does not mean you are not the Corvan. You are a part of us. You and I must talk. Is the girl able to travel? Jorid asked. No, she is very weak. I need to get some nourishment in her. Perhaps Jockton will be able to find her something to eat. Jorid turned to Corvin. There is very little food here in the settlements. You and I should go back to the city. There is plenty of food in the storage room of the priest's compound. While we are there, we can find out when the next wasting is to take place and plan a way to rescue Tirith. There was no doubt Kate needed to eat. Her cheeks were sunken, her hands were gaunt and dry, but he didn't want to go with Jord. It sounded dangerous. Jord, maybe I... Pebbles clattered outside the door. The old woman put a crooked finger to her lips, took the sputtering fire stick from its niche, and slipped out into the entry room. The tattered dark curtain fell behind her, casting shafts of light through its threadbare folds. Anne's tense voice penetrated the cloth. I was right. They are trying to break through the core shield. This clearing of new tunnels to grow food is just a ruse. They have been seeking a weak spot in the shield, and today they found it. Are you certain? the old woman asked. The soldiers brought an entire tunneling crew back early, all in chains. I crept close and listened. They have found a crack in the core shield wide enough for a person to walk through. A report is being sent to the palace at first light. It will take a long time to tunnel beyond the shield and reach the surface, but with enough fire sticks it can be done. This can only bode ill for both spheres. All our work will be for naught. There is always hope, my dear, the old woman said softly. Come and see. The tapestry pushed aside and an old man pushed into the room. His keen eyes fell on Corvin's face, and he drew a sharp breath. He raised a calloused hand as if to touch him, then pulled it back. What is your name, son? Corvin stared at him. Other than the white ring of thick hair around his balding head, this man could have easily passed for his father. Kalian, sir, he stammered. The old man frowned. What settlement are you from? The old woman pushed around the man. He came to us from the world above. He carries the hammer. She poked the man's ribs. 
and the girl called him Corvan. A huge smile spread across the man's wrinkled face, and his blue eyes sparkled. We have been waiting a long time for you, my son. With your help, we will stop the evil from breaking out on your world and bring healing back to the core. He placed his hands on Corvin's shoulders, his eyes brimming with tears. I have always believed you would make it back. You have arrived just in time. Corvin opened his mouth to protest, but a shout from outside the dwelling broke the silence. Jockton, an angry voice called out. You are under arrest for treason against the palace. Come out and face your judgment. Jorid pulled the black knife from under his cloak, but the old man motioned for him to stand down. Stay here, he whispered. Do not interfere, no matter what happens. He smiled at Corvin. Now that the Corvan has returned, my purpose is fulfilled. He turned back to the entry, his wife close behind him. As the curtain fell, a bright light entered the porch, and the old curtain blazed with dusty color. It was a piece of old, tattered tapestry, flowing with angular symbols around a green tree. Jockton, a gruff voice rumbled, you have been found guilty of unlawfully consuming food. Jockton's voice was firm. I have done nothing of the sort. Your fellow conspirators have testified against you. You and the entire tunneling crew are guilty. You will all be tested in the karst. Jockton snorted. Tested? Don't you mean executed? You will be given a weapon to defend yourself. If you win against the beast, you shall be proclaimed innocent. A shadow fell across the curtain, and another man spoke in a shrill voice. Look here, sergeant. Another proof of his treason. This is a piece of tapestry from the priests. It is irrelevant. Old scrolls and the priest legends are meaningless. The high priest is dying, and the chief watcher has announced that his daughter will face the wasting at first light tomorrow. The priesthood is done. A thin hand slipped past the curtain. But who knows what else Jockton might have in here? Perhaps he's been storing food illegally. I haven't eaten for three segments. I understand your need, Corporal. It is mine as well. But I have been told that what we found today will bring us more food than we could ever imagine. The Watcher has promised that finding a way through the core shield will fulfill all our desires. But I'm hungry now. A booted foot pushed through the bottom of the curtain. A high, thin shriek filled the air. Do not take my husband from me. How will I survive? Please spare us. We are old. We will not cause you any trouble. At the sound of a loud slap, the hand and foot pulled back. Don't you ever lay your grubby hands on a palace guard, old woman. Corporal, bring Jockton along. Let's get out of here. As the sound of the soldiers faded away, Corvin heard soft sobs from the entry room. Jord brushed the curtain aside and bent over the old woman, dabbing blood away from her mouth. She pushed Jord's hand aside and leveled an unwavering stare at Corvin. You must rescue him. Corvin lifted his hands helplessly. How could he possibly save Jockton from the soldiers? Not for my sake, the healer said, but for hers. She pointed to where Kate lay in the other room. My husband is the only one who can guide you through the secret passages back to the surface. Her voice shook with frustration. He would not even tell me where the door is for my own safety. She clutched George's shoulder and pulled herself toward Corvan. If Jockton dies in the pit, you will be sealed in the core, and the girl will die. 